the Great British Manufacturing Podcast, brought to you by MTD, MFD and Jefferson. Hello and welcome to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. On this week's show, we will review the latest positive news from the British manufacturing sector and welcome a very special guest, Ben Morgan, the Research Director at Sheffield-based Advanced Manufacturing Research Centre. But before we start, just like to mention Factory Now. New members are joining the platform every week, which has been launched to help the British manufacturing sector boost sales, collaborate and reshore. New members include Quick Grind, which is an international reputation for design, development and manufacture of solid carbide and high-speed steel cutting tools. And CNC Robotics, which uses robots and associated automation technologies to provide innovative and cost-effective solutions to machining problems and related manufacturing challenges. Stuart, welcome back to the podcast. Did you enjoy your break? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Uh, a couple of days in Anglesey and yes, raring to go, Joe. Brilliant. Well, there's been some good news uh, since you've been away. Let's start with the first one. Uh, Siemens Gemacy uh, to invest 186 million, expanding their fa- uh, their plant in Hull. Just astonishing investment. Fantastic news. Siemens world leader in the offshore wind industry. Um, they're going to invest, as you say, 186 million pound expanding its wind turbine blade, blade manufacturing plant in Hull. This is scheduled to be completed in 2023. The investment will more than double the size of the facility and add 200 jobs. 1,000 strong workforce already in place. Manufacturing of other wind, offshore wind turbine blades already in the, the, the factory's pipeline will continue while the, the expansion is constructed. Once completed, next generation blades will be built at the site, which will then be the largest offshore wind manufacturing facility in the UK. Yeah, and on a similar vein, uh, Spain's GRI, they're building actually a new facility. Yeah, um, announced on the, on the same day, GRI, Renewable Industries, Spanish manufacture wind towers and industrial wind components for major OEMs and developers in the, the wind energy market has announced plans to build a new factory in the UK. 100 offshore towers a year, equivalent to 100,000 tonnes of steel, will be initially supplied from the production facility, which will be built at the Able Marine Energy, energy Park on the Humber. The total investment is expected to be £78 million, as you say. This will create approximately 260 direct jobs, plenty more in the line chain as well. And the project will receive grant funding from the government's £160 million offshore wind manufacturing investment support scheme. Yeah, two similar stories there up in the northeast, but yeah, very, very well received, as you would expect. Lotus, they've launched a manufacturing drive, quite quite a major one, in fact, haven't they? Some, there's quite a lot of jobs going at the, uh, at the, at the car manufacturer. Yeah, it's, it's unreal, you know, what's going on with Lotus. The the investment by the parent company, Geely, has been astonishing over the last few years. And this is the latest major recruitment drive launched by Lotus. 200 jobs are available. It's historic Norfolk base. Um, new recruits will help build the recently launched Emira Sport car, um, which I know that you talked about on GB News, Joe, and it's a fantastic car. I urge anyone to, to look at the videos and images of, of that car. It's, uh, it really is something else. The new sports car, um, its first all-new sport car for more than a decade, I believe, will be built at new assembly plants um, at its um, site. 
is part of a wider £100 million investment in Manufacturers UK facilities. Stuart, I'll just take a little pause there from the positive news. Uh, I'd like to introduce this week's guest, Ben Morgan, the Research Director at Sheffield-based Advanced Manufacturing Research Centre, or the AMRC. Ben, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. And uh, thank you very much for having me on. Oh, you're more than welcome. Just before we start to talk about the AMRC, can we learn a little bit more about Ben Morgan? You know, who, who you are, your roles, your responsibilities and your career to date? Yeah, great. So um, I'm the research director, as you said, at the AMRC. So my responsibility is to make sure that the strategic direction of the research and the portfolio that we build up is appropriate to deliver business objectives and Ultimately, the AMRC is part of the Sheffield University, but it's also part of the high-value manufacturing catapult centres. So uh, that's a network of seven centres right across the UK. And we're here to uh, support UK business primarily uh, and to do that through driving innovation, new technologies, processes, um, and to support skills and supply chains as well. So... um, so yeah, so that, that, that that's my role. I've I've been at the AMRC uh, over a decade. So I actually joined um, in two thousand and eight, just in the uh, in the midst of the the financial crisis. Um, I, I had a job elsewhere. Um, I hadn't worked a day actually at that job. I was uh, just a, a fresh graduate at the time, and I was made redundant without without working there, unfortunately. Um, so I sent my CV to Professor Keith Ridgway, who's a founder at the uh, the AMRC. Um, really, kind of on spec. Um, he invited me in for a chat. Asked me if I was clever, um, which is always quite an interesting <laughs> question to uh, be asked at interview. I uh, obviously blagged that reasonably well, and uh, and uh, and here I am today. Yeah, but it's probably a blessing in disguise, wasn't it? That would that that redundancy. You know, you've uh, you've done well career to date, so well done. But can we just have an overview of the AMRC, please? Yeah, so um, AMRC was set up in two thousand and one. Um, so it was set up with Professor Ridgway. It was his brainchild, um, together with a, a local businessman, Adrian Allen, um, and that was the. They were the key ingredients, really. It was bringing together academia and uh, academic excellence. Uh, Professor Ridgway was a prof, a prof in, in the School of Mechanical Engineering in Sheffield at the time. And uh, he was working very closely with local industry. Um, but as we know, in the UK, we've got a brilliant science base and uh, we're very, very well regarded at that fundamental science level. Um, but we don't often turn that into commercialised um, opportunities and money and, and, and take good use of it. So that's what Keith wanted to do. Um, and look, we were lucky enough, or, or say lucky, it was probably more hard work, but there was an element of luck that Boeing were very interested in what we were doing. So we set up the AMRC with Boeing and it was to support their <clears throat> supply chain in the UK and to develop their supply chain. Um, and since then, we've grown. We're um, heading towards 500 staff at the AMRC. Um, we've got a sister centre, the Nuclear AMRC, and we've got an AMRC training centre as well, Apprentice Training Centre. And um, we work right across the uh, kind of product life cycle, right through from design, concept design of products. We do component manufacture research, so in composites, in additive, in casting. Um, we look at smart factory technologies, Industry 4, particularly through our Factory 2050 facility. 
Um, we do machining. Um, that was the, the, the foundation of the AMRC was on uh, machining, hard to machine metals, <clears throat> titaniums and nickel alloys. And um, we do assembly and automation. And, and finally, we do inspection, validation and test. Um, and we've got, you know, on-site physical testing facilities. So uh, we, will, we, will, we will make stuff and then we will break it as well. Um, so, yeah, right across the product lifecycle, quite a broad um, skill set. Uh, fascinating to hear your background and the, the history of the AMRC burn. Um, previous podcasts, we, we've talked quite a lot about sustainability, and I believe that you believe that this is um, one of the biggest challenges that manufacturing faces at the moment. Yeah, I think it certainly de- 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 uh, depends on kind of the size of the manufacturer. Um, but I think it's fairly undeniably the biggest challenge that the, that the world faces at the moment in terms of um, climate change. Saw in the press yesterday, um, there was a temperature recorded in Sicily, w- which was 48.8 degrees. Uh, it was the highest temperature recorded on uh, in, in Europe uh, ever. So, you know, we've, we've, we've got a significant problem. Um, you know, if, if temperatures do continue to rise, and this was all highlighted in the recent, um, uh, recently released IPC, uh, IPCC report, um, it, it, it really is, you know, catastrophic, you know, risk to livelihoods, food security, water supply, human security, you know, and ultimately economic growth. And I think manufacturing has um, lots of opportunities for manufacturing to uh, to support you know driving sustainability, uh, not only in the way we operate and operating responsibly, um, uh, but designing products with a circular manner for reuse, for recycling, um, and, uh, and 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 to make green products and support green industries as well, which uh, which obviously the government are talking quite a lot about at the moment. Well, fantastic! And continuing the theme, zero carbon Humber. Um, I know it's a project that AMRC are heavily involved in. Would you mind giving us an overview of that project and its aspirations mm-hmm. and and so on and so forth? Yeah, absolutely. So, so Zero Carbon Humber is a, um, a project with, is a coalition of 12, uh, collaborating businesses. So led by Equinor and National Grid. Um, but we've got British Steel, Centrica, Drax, Mitsubishi, uh, PX, SSE Thermal, Triton Power, Uniper, and, um, the AMRC and the nuclear AMRC. So, um, the, the project is ultimately to decarbonize the Humber industrial cluster, um, by 2040, um, which is, which is, which is quite significant. There's a huge amount of, um, carbon, um, emissions from that region. Um, and this is looking to develop a hydrogen pipeline. Um, from the east coast right through sort of south of the Humber estuary and then up towards uh, Drax. And it's actually a dual pipeline. So it will supply uh, the businesses are listed with or a number of the businesses are listed with with hydrogen, um, but it will also capture CO2 um, and we will be capturing that and then storing that in in, in the reservoirs under the uh, under the North Sea. Um, so initially it's, it's blue hydrogen. Um, so blue hydrogen is where you, um, auto thermal reform, uh, natural gas. 
you split natural gas, um, but you, you do capture the carbon from that process. Um, and you, uh, and, and as I say, that will go into the, the endurance reservoirs underneath the North Sea. Um, but the idea is to move towards green hydrogen. Um, which is uh, which we've got a great opportunity because we've got the biggest um, wind farm uh, globally in in Dogger Bank. So we've got a fantastic opportunity there. If we, we we've joined up um, as an East Coast cluster with Net Zero T side as well, and if we succeed in decarbonising both T side and the Humber, it's actually half of um, the. UK industrial emissions, which is absolutely huge. Um, so it's a really, really big opportunity. If I just touch on sort of AMRC's role, nuclear AMRC's role in this, we're really looking at the supply chain. So we're looking at um, anchoring as many of the jobs that can be created through this opportunity um, in the UK, in, in British business. Um, and we're looking to support British business to uh, to do that and to win that work. So we'll be launching uh, Fit for Hydrogen, Fit for CCUS programs, um, much like our sort of 10-year tried and tested Fit for Nuclear program, where we um, support businesses, we engage them, we work on business excellence, um, but then we, uh, we support them with innovation and uh, supporting them pivoting to be able to supply some of the components that are needed um, on the shopping list, if I can call it that, of the Zero Carbon Humber. Yeah, that's fascinating. That is to, to learn all that. Thank you very much indeed. And I'm I'm sure there's lots more exciting projects just around the corner, which maybe we can come on to. But if we if we look at the, the future, I guess you know if we just look at the northeast alone, it's about twenty thousand jobs that have been announced in the you know in the last I don't know what six months or so. Clearly, clearly we need to we upskill, don't we? How do we do that? How do we bring people into this industry? You know, talking about STEM engagement, things like that. If we look to the future, how do we engage with the next generation of engineers and manufacturers? Yeah, I think it's, uh, as you say, <clears throat> we're going to have, uh, and we have got a problem where we, we've got a, a big skills shortage. And if we're talking about some of these big infrastructure, green recovery programs, um, we are going to struggle to fill the roles that, that we're talking about. I mean, I think the East Coast cluster is uh, another 25,000 jobs year on year through to 2050. So, um, you know, it, 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 it's big amounts of, uh, of employment. I think it's a multi-phase or multi-pronged approach. I think um, we've, we, we have, as you say, Joe, we've got to, we've got to attract uh, young kids from all manner of backgrounds into manufacturing. We've got to make it as accessible as possible. Now, you know, we've, we've, we've obviously had, um, apprenticeships in the past. They, they became unfashionable and they're coming back, you know, in quite a, quite a big way. And I think we've really got to get behind that. Um, I think the opportunity to go into a training school at, at 16, um, be teed up with a job, you know, be, be matched with a job with a, with an employer, um, and be able to go through apprenticeship levels, you know, maybe advanced apprenticeship, higher, and then on to a degree apprenticeship, come out of that um, five, six-year process with a, with a degree and no uh, debt. It's, it's just so important. Um, you know, we know how hard it is these days for, for, for young people, increasingly so through the pandemic. 
Um, and so having training facilities uh, local to where the jobs are, local to where these young people are, um, I think is just really important. The, the, the other thing I would say is um, this is about, you know, CPD as well. Um, and it's about being able to have uh, appropriate training so that people can switch careers or they can up, upskill and retrain um, to support these um, these projects as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. We talk, we talk a lot about the skills gap, don't we? But it's probably it's probably more of a training gap, isn't it, rather than a skills gap. I know the two things have closely aligned, but it's there was a period of time where apprenticeships weren't really apprenticeships, were they? You know, some of the training um, in the last 20 years hasn't been all that good. But, but I'm, I'm pleased to say that certainly the people we see, the, the back on CNC, you know, tra- trainers, uh, tra- um, people in training, they're on CNC machines, they're programming CNC machines, where there was a time where you'd be on a, a manual lay for five years and you'd, you'd barely learn anything. Yeah, I think, you know, if I use an example uh, close to us, um, when Boeing set up their their facility in Sheffield, which is their first European manufacturing facility, um, 27 of the employees going into that centre were trained at the AMRC training centre and, you know, were very quickly operating very high-end um, CNC equipment um, with Siemens, you know, 840 DSL controllers, and um, and and they were doing it, you know, in a very skilled manner. And they came in at 16, and you know, they're still there and driving that business forward. You know, manufacturing uh, manufacturing aerospace parts that are being shipped, you know, shipped back to the US. So, um, as you say, I think uh, I think the, the level of training um, has has gone up. Um, I think. You know what I would say is I think we have got to we've got to continually look at it, and I think the way I've certainly seen um, when I was recruiting into Factory Twenty Fifty in, in in one of my old roles was that everything is going very heavily digital, and we need more so hybrid engineers that can not only um, uh, you know prep material, fixture material, and understand the mechanical principles. Um, but actually, you know, create apps and write programs and APIs that interlink bits of sensor equipment and uh, and, and machines and dashboard and visualize data because that is, you know, a skill that is going to drive the fourth industrial revolution and support UK business to be uh, really competitive. If we look at the MRC, Ben, you know, I know you're quite secretive up there, but what what what's next? You know, what what's next for the um, yeah, what's next for MRC basically? We're, so we, we've um, just gone through a process of looking at our 10-year strategy, um, which, uh, which has been a great reflection. We've, we've done a lot in the, you know, in the first 20 years of the AMRC, um, you know, and, and, and really kind of was standing on shoulders of giants, I would say, in, in terms of kind of, you know, the, the, the new board and the new directors that are in post. And we're really focusing on four key four key aspects um, from a, from an outward facing manner. So sustainability is huge to us. Digitalization is huge to us. Uh, future propulsion and decarbonisation and net zero uh, propulsion are, are are big. We want to support um, aerospace and aviation as well as you know land transport in the UK. Um, and then finally, 
supply chain uh, resilience and, and productivity. And, you know, we've seen that through um, through COVID that, that supply chains have been stretched and broken. And, you know, we're, we're seeing that a lot with, uh, with various different, you know, socioeconomic problems that we've got at the moment. So they're the four key focuses. Um, I can't too, talk too much about some of the really big projects we've got um, kind of on the horizon. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a case of watch this space. There's some exciting potential inward investments. You know, we, we've done pretty well with McLaren and Boeing and various others, and um, the, 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 there's more on the horizon. So the future is looking optimistic. Great to hear. Fantastic to hear, in fact. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Ben. I know you're a, I know you're a busy guy, but we really do appreciate your time. No, thank you very much for having me on. My pleasure. A huge thank you there to Ben Morgan of the AMRC. Fantastic interview, Stuart. Absolutely. Intriguing way to end it. Can't wait to find out what, what the next project is. And, uh, you know, the AMRC, absolute blueprint for um, innovation centres and research centres around the UK, you know, the like of Boeing and McLaren and so forth being attracted to South and AMRC have been instrumental in that. Absolutely. A privilege to have been around AMRC, I don't know, half a dozen times or more. And it is, it is astonishing. But, but, but let's just move on with the news. But before we do, don't forget to download the MTD MFG uh, app. You can listen to this podcast and exclusive content. It's available from all the usual uh, podcast houses, whether you're Android or, or Apple. So, yeah, please do. Um, but let's get back on with the news. Sandvik Coromant, they're going to open a new innovation centre in the West Midlands. Yeah, great. Uh, inward investment story, which uh, I think MTD broke last night, uh, Joe. So work has already commenced on the UK, UK facility in, in Hales Owen for the British engineering giant. Um, the firm, a world leader, a world leading supplier of cutting services for the metal industry, has been based in the Midlands Town since 1958. Its site will be transformed into a new landmark UK HQ. In addition to housing the company's employees, the facility will act as a hub for manufacturing innovation, customer interactions, this forms part of a wider Sandvik government um, central global network. So great news for the Midlands, great news for the UK. Yeah, and I must say that the team at Sandvik Carment are such nice people. I'm so, so happy for them. It's a, it's a good move as well. I've been out to Sandvik and uh, their global HQ and they're going to, I think they're just basically replicating that here in the UK. So yeah, it is... Um, the Innovation Centre is going to be something else. But if we move on to uh, Econ, they're to open a new £7 million facility in North Yorkshire. Uh, what do you know about these? They manufacture gritters. Uh, they're expanding the North Yorkshire operation, as you say, with a further uh, £7 million investment in new engineering facility near Thirst. Uh, it's a family-owned business. Um, they actually make more than 85% of the UK's winter road maintenance vehicles. But even though, like I say, not many people have come across the, uh, the company, um, they purchased a 24 acre site at Sowerby, uh, which is 11 miles from its ribbon head. And when completed, the facility has workshops, spray booth, brake test unit, a maintenance compound, and 18 inspectors. Yeah, no, astonishing. Mo- most welcome investment uh, in North Yorkshire. I'm sure Ben would uh, be interested to learn about that one. Uh, Condor, they've ordered a uh, new Airbus fleet uh, powered Rolls Royce engines. Yeah, you know, we've talked about the aerospace industry a couple of times on, on the podcast, and it's going to take a little bit of time to, to you know, to, to come back to where it was. And um, obviously Airbus opened a, a new facility recently in Stevenage. Um, German airline Condor has ordered six Airbus A330neo aircraft powered by Rolls-Royce 10,000 10, engines. And it's just, want to, you know, they were grading their fleet and they want to increase the efficiency and sustainability, following on the theme from what Ben was talking about. 
the airline will operate um, the aircraft on its long-haul network to the Americas, Africa, and the Caribbean when they are delivered to its base, and that will start um, next autumn. The Trent 7000 is the seventh and latest engine to join the Trent family, which has clocked up more than 150 million engine flying hours in 20 years of operation. Condor is the latest airline to take the engine, which entered into service in 2018. Yeah, it's good to hear about some aerospace orders. Like you say, it's been a bit a bit quiet for reasons we we know we you know we well know. But I'm sure in the not too distant future we'll be hearing about more orders uh, for for these aeroplanes because when they take you know when we get back to normal and it will happen, we're going to need more aeroplanes. So great news. Um, so yeah, but that's the end of this week's podcast, Jude. There's uh, as always, there's more more news on the MTD MFG website. We don't have time to cover everything unfortunately on this podcast so please do download the app take a look a uh, big thank you to ben morgan at the amrc as always to you stuart but our biggest thank you as always goes to our listeners at home thank you for listening and we'll see you next week thanks for listening to the great british manufacturing podcast don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and a review you can find us on twitter using at mtd mfg and at jefferson underscore mfg